So, the after lunch slot, Will. <laughs> hmm. After you've spoken, after Bishop Dave's spoken, and after Zach's spoken. You were the only one who... Yeah, no, you you were the only one I was left, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I was the only one you could persuade. Um, I want to talk about changed lives. I love stories. I love hearing testimony. Um, It it fires something in me. It it, it inspires me. It, It connects me with other people. We're about shared lives. So... During this section, I want to share with you um, some of the recent um, experiences that we've had in uh, Kampala. Um, summer camp took place in August. We, weren't, we haven't had a summer camp for four years. Um, we weren't expecting to have one this year, but, but God found a way. Um, and I'm going to start because I really don't want to do much talking this afternoon. I want to do lots of sharing but other people's experiences, and I want to show video. So I want to start off with um, a video that Wendy, bless her, Wendy can't be with us. She's the um, coordinator for Winchester Vineyard uh, and has just taken on a new role, which I'll tell you about in a moment. Um, so Wendy's recorded, or at least actually it was last week, we recorded her feeding back um, to Winchester Vineyard and sharing her testimony of... Uh, camp and the impact it had on her thank you megan and this is the all-age service this oh yeah so this was an all-age i could come on i, I engage with it it's an all-age service who's been doing some football while they've been on half term <laughs> who has been doing some art and craft wave at me if you've been doing some knitting or some painting Awesome drawing, awesome, excellent. So we've all been having a wonderful half term. I'm so glad about that. Oh. There are also some other boys and girls all the way over in Uganda, in Africa, who also love football and art and craft, but they don't have the opportunity to do it like you do. They don't live in lovely homes like you do. They don't have lovely bedrooms like you do. They don't have changes of clothes like you do. They don't have food on the table like you do. And I'm standing here this morning as your Caris Kids coordinator. Put up your hand if you know about Caris Kids. Yes, fantastic. That is one of the things that this church is brilliant and amazing at supporting. During the summer quiz, we raised nearly £3,000 and we had a special fundraising mission for Caris Kids and you raised, you generous, wonderful Winchester Vineyard givers, you raised £4,000 to support summer camp. Oh, forgot this. Lizzie and Hannah, bring your brother up, open the suitcase. This is my suitcase, it's lost a wheel on the way. What's inside that's made it so heavy? What? What's that? What is it? A toothbrush? Just a toothbrush. Oh, Wendy, what's the matter with you? Pretending that this is so heavy. When we went over to Uganda, we had 19, yes, 19 suitcases... Why has mine only got my toothbrush in? Because 
I, was only ha- I only had room to pack my toothbrush, a change of clothes, and everything else. All these 19 suitcases were filled with all the art and craft materials that you guys paid for. 287 of those children came for an amazing week in Kampala to enjoy arts and crafts and football and painting, something that they don't get to do. They don't get to do that. In their homes, they don't have toys and paper and pencils. So their lives are tough, hard, hard lives. One change of clothes, one meal a day. But here they had breakfast, they had lunch, they had tea and they had mountains of matoki and cassava and ground nut sauce and meat and melon. So when we asked them what their favourite activity was, actually they said it was the Bible study and the worship. So those children were learning that no matter what their circumstance They have always got hope in Jesus Christ. There is always hope in Jesus Christ. And we made a call and we said, who would like to give their lives to Jesus? And out of those 287 children, do you know what? 50 gave their lives to Jesus at the camp. Give them a round of applause. Welcome them into the kingdom. That is 50 lives saved. You support these families out in Uganda. And when I went out, I was able to visit your families. And I took your love. And I took your gifts. And I took your prayers. And I was there, not as myself, I was there representing you. And this lady, her name's Lillian. And she wasn't quite there when I got there. So her kids... They gave me a little plastic chair to sit on. And I saw Lillian. And I went to stand up to give her a big hug. Before I could stand up, before I had the chance to stand up, she fell at my feet. She fell prostrate at my feet in absolute gratitude for your love for your prayers, for your support. Because it makes the world of difference. The world of difference to them. It changes their lives. Changes their lives. It gives them an opportunity that they would not otherwise have. So thank you. I have never had anybody fall at my feet before, and it wasn't about me, and it wasn't, it was about what I was representing. They are so grateful to you, so grateful to you. You change their lives. So, Wendy was sharing about summer camp, and she was showing the impact that it had on those children, the lives that were chained. But we've been hearing this morning about, it's not about us and them, it's about, not about us going out and giving of our plenty. It all belongs to God. 
we're not giving, we're just sharing out what God has given to us. And do you know what struck me about what Wendy was saying? We've had lots of summer camps, we've had lots of children come through, we've had lots of children give their lives, we've had lots of people come from the UK and gone out to camp. Lives have been transformed, lives have been saved. But what struck me about Wendy and Wendy's message, it wasn't what she was saying, it was what it was saying about her. You can see the emotion. You can hear it in her voice. The passion that she has, that connection, that love that she feels for her family. She doesn't, didn't talk about it in then, but she has been in tears alongside her family. She has been broken by visiting her family. This was her second visit to Kampala. She came four years ago on summer camp team. And when I put out the call for people to come forward to come to summer camp, you know, once you've been, <laughs> I know there are some other people who've been, once you've been to summer camp, you know, when you haven't been, you don't know quite what to expect. And you go full of energy and enthusiasm. But you know, the, the six o'clock call to, to join for devotions, which I have to say, Ketra, is my favourite time of the day. Seeing the dawn rise as we're walking together to come together and lay, uh, you know, to come before the God uh, at the beginning of the day and to just to pray and, and praise together is my favourite time of the day. But yeah, okay, the six o'clock call, you are then back to back all the way through until you might crash in bed at 10 o'clock if you're lucky. You know, you are dealing with 287 children. You know, at home, you may have a family of four children or, or less, um, but you are on call. And you are sleeping in different beds, you're eating different food, you're using different toilets, you may or may not have running water. You know, I'm obviously really selling it to people who haven't been before, but um, it's demanding. So when someone steps forward, the first person says, can I be on the summer camp team? You think, yeah, brilliant, you've been, you know what it's like, and you want to come back again, great. Um, because God started doing something in her life four years ago when she came and she met with these children and she wanted to be there again. And so as she retells her stories, you can hear that, that emotion. But this year, he broke her even more. Wendy was changed by the experience and has come back and said, I want to do more. So I'm, I'm so sorry she can't be here today, but during camp and after camp she came to me and said I want to do more and I can now please to officially announce that Wendy is our new communications officer here in the UK she's taking a load of my work off me she will be liaising directly with Solomy and with the Caris um, coordinators here, here in the churches and will just streamline that flow of communication from families to families from um uh, pastors to pastors so that we can get a much faster flow and more information going across and she is passionate i mean she is dancing up and down she is a ball of energy as you can see and i'm just so delighted that she is going to take this role and run with it and just make it even better um, in developing those partnerships which are so important okay so Kara's team 
summer camp team came from four different churches. Um, apart from four people, the others hadn't met each other. We started meeting on Zoom during the early part of the year. We met once together about a month before we arrived at the airport and uh, flew out to Kampala. But I can tell you, God was working in those people's lives months before. It was such a privilege. Nick and I um, were so privileged to be leading a team that God had put together. Man had no place in this team. And it was evident. There was me thinking, well, these people don't need, they're quite disparate. They're different ages. We had 15 till, or I won't say what the oldest was. Um, but, you know, different backgrounds, different churches. And I haven't, you know, being a, being a head teacher, being a leader, you know, you go through your preparation. We did training uh, modules over Zoom. You want to, to get that engagement. You want that bonding to begin to start. And I thought I was throwing people, people who apart from Wendy had never been to Africa, let alone Uganda, had never been to a developing country. I felt I was just throwing them into it. But what was I worrying about? Why was I even stressing? Why was I trying to control the situation when God was in control? He had drawn, drawn these people together and it was evident from the minute we were on that plane, from the first interactions we had in Uganda and it just grew and grew and grew and we just felt so privileged to be working with this team of people. Now I've said far too much. I'm going to hand over to uh, those are the team who are able to come today, who are just going to share with you what it meant to them, how that experience has impacted on their lives. And in the background, we'll have some images from the summer camp team. So you get to see all the things we were, we were doing as well. But, you know, this was about meeting with God. Um, and I'm going to ask Becky if Becky would like to come forward first. Becky, I have to say signed up to summer camp was it a week or two weeks before we flew out two weeks uh, enough time to give me yellow, the yellow fever injection yeah enough time to get a yellow fever injection yeah that's the other thing you've got to get all your vaccinations uh visas buy flights we were buying flights over zoom so becky will tell you how she came to be on our summer camp team this year <laughs> Thank you. Okay, it's an honour. It's a real honour for me to be here because um, I have not been part of the charity. Um, so I am oh, my faith. I love. I love God. Right. So. Um, Thank you to Chatan, okay, because he communicated with me via Facebook um, in July, beginning of July, and he's got me connected. So thank you for taking on this random lady. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Isaiah 6, verse 8. Sorry, I'm really... Um, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "When um, whom shall I send? I think I might have to sit down. Um and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Um, and I hope uh, to be going again. <laughs> 20 years ago at a Christian camp, God used a speaker to alert me to the fact that there are children who are born without the privilege and love that I have. Uh, life hasn't been easy for me uh, or handed on to a plate, but I have had, um, I've had a loving family 
um, and everything in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I knew I needed to go to Uganda, not any other country, Uganda. I knew I needed to work with children out there. Little people with big hearts was my vision. Hang on. The vision was to work with orphans, to help, but I didn't know how. I wasn't to know how. Um, how wasn't the word. Uh, throughout the last 20 years, the time was never right. I was physically and emotionally stopped. I even booked a trip through a different charity in 2019, but again, I was stopped. Life has changed dramatically for me in February 2020, apart from COVID. Um, this opened up the opportunity to allow God to work, then COVID. As a teacher, my head was completely full of important teaching during the academic year, so I didn't have time for it. But in early, in early July 2022, I was taking a walk and God said to me, now is the time. Uh, this summer, in my head, I was thinking, uh, not this summer, next summer, please give me time to get yellow fever injection. And God was like, no, you've got to go now. So... Um, being, uh, I, don't, I don't know is not the answer to me. My church supports cry, care and my life for, uh, for the young. I've researched and asked, but no charities in my church supported Uganda. And that was like, right, okay, I'll, I'll do something else. I uh, then asked my parents, uh, my parents' church, and their answers were too wishy-washy and they didn't get me the answer that I needed, the one that God had for me. So I took to Facebook um, and a few people answered, and again, wishy-washy answers. But Chatan answered, um, and thanks be to God for Chatan. Chatan spoke to Julie and Nick and listened to God, and thanks be to God again. Uh, so I stand before you, having had the miracle of um, going with the most beautiful and God-anointed people to observe and work with God's children, big and small in Kampala and surrounding slums. Um, we have everything here um, in England. We have free education, free healthcare and safety. Caris Kids are providing that partnership, the communication and the education that open the door for Christian faith, the hope for a better life for the children, the whole family who look after the children and in turn the community. The photos and the clips just don't give it justice. I have witnessed privilege and I have witnessed poverty. And I can now say to my friends and family, this is actually what Uganda's like, not that. And I can say that it's completely, completely changed me in the fact that my 20-year plan is now finished. Um, and I'm awaiting for what God wants to do for me next. My church is KCC in Hedgeend. Um, and I will, whether I stay there, whether I go, I don't know. But God, Uganda has definitely changed me um, and I pray God will continue to use people to change me. Thank you, Becky. God bless you. Um, yeah, I get a phone call when, in fact, no, it was a Facebook message, wasn't it? WhatsApp message chatting saying, um, I've got somebody who's interested in Karis, um, Karis kids. Could you get in touch with her? That was Friday. Monday, we, were, um, we met up. Uh, she'd already got her yellow fever 
vaccination in faith that she was going to yes yeah, she told me i'm going to uganda this summer i don't know um uh how i'm getting it but god's told me i'm going to uganda and then within a few weeks she was on our summer camp team you know and it was just evident right from day one that that's and i'm saving up to go i'm literally saving up to go in a few years time. Oh. so there we go bless you bless you okay so i'm um, who would like to go next <laughs> Holly? Yeah. yeah. Holly. Holly, come and tell us. My Apple Watch keeps going off. Your heart rate's gone over 100. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even looked at mine. <laughs> Forgive me. So I'll be really honest. I think some people had a very strong calling to Uganda. Even on the plane, I, I had that sense of, oh, I'm, I'm on a plane to Uganda. When did I make that decision and, and why? <laughs> and I'd... Uh, I guess my background is that even though I've been a Christian since I was very young, I was not raised in the church and for various family reasons had quite a negative feeling towards church. So Trevor was my first pastor uh, when I went to Holy Trinity at 18. I was very suspicious, like, who are you people? Is this place safe? Am I going to be safe here? And I think that process of stepping into church and joining actual church took about six years. And in that time, I knew about St. Peter Wandergea, and I'd heard about it, but I didn't really understand it. And the word mission also was a bit scary to me. I think when I told people that I was going to Uganda, my my age group, they I think someone said it this morning, that idea of um, white messiah or white savior, I got some uh, accusations of that. And they're like, what are you going over there to do? Is that is that wise? Is that actually proper in this day and age? And I think I sat down with God and I was, I was saying, I, I do want to do this, but why should I go over there? And, and what, what should it be about? And he'd already been working on me throughout COVID about what it means to be a Christian in this day and age. And what is that? And what is the church? And, and the church isn't a physical building. It's, it's God's people. And, and I'd already been starting to work with the impoverished communities in London uh, and, and, was very shocked to see how much poverty there was in London. And that was that broke my heart because I didn't realise how much it was on my doorstep. And I think ultimately I came to the decision point and I said, okay, I want to go out to Uganda because I want to I want to meet Jesus. I think your words this morning were really encouraging. I, I want to meet Jesus. I want to see God at work. I want to step out of this London bubble and I want to be broken and I want to I want to knock off the selfishness and this inwardness because over COVID, I got so sick of myself. I was like, I, 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 I'm because my friends were complaining. I was complaining and I had nothing to complain about. And, and I really got sick of myself. And I was like, I need to step outside of this. And so I, um, I, I booked the ticket a bit late. <laughs> I got on, got on the plane. I was like, I'm going to Uganda because I want to learn. And I want to, I was really excited to worship with uh, with people in Uganda, I really wanted to see how they connected to God and and see God outside of that white Christian Western context, like because God is so much bigger than that. Um, and I think there's so much that I could say, but ten days is not enough to know a country. So I feel like I would just be like making a few very light touch touristy statements. I did stay in a guest house, so <laughs> and it was a very lovely guest house. So, um, but I think. There was one day in Uganda, and I remember saying to God, if I only flew out for this one day, I would have flown out just for that. 
um, and I did not have an easy trip. <laughs> uh, I, I almost didn't get back home, actually. So um, I made the mistake of asking God to take away my anxiety before I went on a trip to Uganda, and he decided to do that by uh, making every step of the travel hard and cancelling flights and all sorts, but I won't go into that. But um, I got to meet the oldest daughter of the support, the family that my family's linked with, and I... I wanted to fall down at her feet by the end of that because uh, she's only 24 and um, she came up because I'd, I'd met her mother and there'd been some complications and she was called in to, to kind of mediate and, and to, to support and, and Nick was there, which was very useful for your support, so thank you. And we ended up sitting down and it's all of a bit of a blur, but she just opened her testimony to me and and everything she'd been through supporting her family growing up from a very young child knowing that you're the chosen child and you have to succeed because you're expected to provide and she was providing for her siblings and and you know all this detail and and I felt so small and so worthless because throughout this she was telling me these really hard stories but she was finishing every sentence with like but God you know God was with me and that I was in this horrible circumstance but God was next to me and all these things she struggled with and all of it she didn't blame God for any of it she didn't seem to be her faith wasn't reduced by what she'd been through and um and I just remember seeing that she just had like this rod of iron in her looking in her eyes and she wasn't self-pity she was almost angry and she had she had a right to be angry because the things she was dealing with um I think I think Pastor Zach touched on that this morning that she, she didn't have to be dealing with that I, my impression of Uganda was a country that was uh like fertile there was so much resource there and in the people there was so much wisdom and skill and ability and people who if they were given a chance to just run. They would just run with it. You know, entrepreneurial, capable. Um, I was just really impressed uh, by the people and the beauty of the land there. And it was just a sense that there was, there was provision because God has given us enough in this world, but it's not being allocated fairly. Um, and in her, I think I, th- I think I said to Nick afterwards, is that when I looked at her, I saw a woman who she could run and she would carry everyone with her. But the, like she was running up a staircase and there was a pivotal step missing and it was too big for her to jump over. And she was frustrated because of that. And I was frustrated looking at her because I couldn't do anything because I was useless there. I think there's that sense that, you know, there's, there's no reason that I was in my seat and she was in her seat. Like there was nothing at all. It was just the grace of God. Um, and, and I already had that feeling that I own nothing. We are a people living in a tent. And the structures we're living in are all falling away and everything. I came back from Uganda and I'd been having this conversation with God for two years. But I came back and I remember landing in England and just being like, everything we do needs to be done just in the light of eternity. That there is a actual kingdom, there's a new heaven, there's a new earth and we're just here for a short time. And just I felt that in Uganda, because the desperation was closer, I guess it's that whole uh, the things of earth seem strangely dim in the light of the glory of God. Um, and it's hard to see that when you've got the materialism in front of you, because that can drown out the light of God if you, were, if you let it. Uh, but I remember in Uganda, I, was, I felt like I met Jesus in action and I saw the Bible in real life because the Bible stories that I'd grown up with had a level of desperation that I'd never encountered. And I saw it there. And I realized how important that book still was, how important God's word still was. And the sense that uh, 
but I wanted to come bring that back to the UK church because we should be a lot more desperate than we are. I, I, I don't remember if it was the church in Philadelphia, the lukewarm church in Revelation. And it's like, you're not hot, you're not cold, so I spit you out because if you're one or the other, I keep you. Um, and and I, I might be getting my historical facts incorrect, but I think that that church was in a town that was fed by a hot spring and a cold spring. So the water did meet their, their river system as lukewarm and they were like a commercial trading town. And, and I don't know if it's the same church, but they were talked about, you know, you're dressed up beautifully, but you're actually naked. And when I came back to London and the, the, my friends in London and my life in London, I felt that. I felt like you've got all these people walking around with, with excess, but actually they're, they're naked before God. They're desperate before God. They just don't know they're desperate. Um, and I feel like I've, I've rambled a bit there because I'm still trying to sort it all out in my head. Um, and also I'm very nervous. Um, but I think I, yeah, that's what I brought back was the sense that, you know, it's, uh, it's easy to get complacent, but I think we're supposed to live with Jesus Christ's return being imminent and our biggest hope. And we're supposed to be kind of on that edge with him, um, looking for him in each moment and each day. And it doesn't have to be really big things but I guess it's just simple as waking up and being like this is what you've given me God what do you want me to do with it this is what you've put into my hands how do I give it back to you and how do I do that today or in the next hour or in the next minute and that urgency was what I took away from Uganda um and I'll probably stop there because I could go on <laughs> thank you oh see you know what can you well what how could I do I follow that you know that's that's God God working and 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 we talk about lives in Uganda being changed but God is changing all of us um and yes Vince Hmm, yeah please do Uh, this is many for the video because anybody who's ever Anybody who's actually been with Karis Kids Anywhere sees what I'm about to say. But, I mean, my wife and I, we took our kids and we met our, our extended family, our loving family with Juliet Namazi. And um, we were completely overwhelmed by one thing. I love the point you made about why am I here? You're there to be a witness. Not a witness to the poverty and the desperation, but a witness to what God is already doing a witness to the goodness of God. And if you want to see a model of how Christian community works, go to Kalewe. See how the church community sees everyone around, Muslim or Christian or none, as their brothers and sisters, and be challenged by a sense of, of they know what God can do. And they, and they have a, an incredible faith to know that God will be their provider, God will be their saviour, God will be their champion, because they haven't really got anybody else going to do that for them. The government isn't going to do it. The, the, those in authority are definitely not going to do it. So you go as a witness to the goodness of God, and you come back and you challenge everything you see afterwards, because God is at work in Africa, in the lives of people, they're not all sad. It's not all desperate. These are joyful people who delight in everything. But we would say they have nothing, and God would say they have everything. So I just want to really encourage you to, 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 to continue what Zach had said, which is you need to go to be a witness to what God is doing. 
and then come back and be challenged by how little we allow God to be Lord of our lives. And so, you know, I just wanted to kind of recalibrate it. And I've been, I'm slightly uncomfortable by the long list of things that the pastors were thanking us for, because it is not about mattresses. It is not about education. It is not, I mean, those are transformative things for the people we encounter. And that's brilliant and great. But there's a kingdom perspective to this. Go and see. Thank you. Thank you, Vince. You've done my job for me. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm going to pass on now. Uh, Megan, Mandy, you can both come up together if you want to. <laughs> We're just building a picture. Um, right. So uh, I'm, I'm Mandy, um, and um, I'm just going to start off by saying that I feel I have very, very little to add within this room. I think everyone who's spoken today has spoken um, so eloquently, probably has a lot more experience than I do, um, has been doing this a lot longer. So I, I don't feel I've got very much to add at all. So I'm going to be brief. Um, I felt a little bit like Holly, actually, in, in going out to Uganda. I thought about it quite a lot of times um, in previous years, but uh, my children were, were quite little um, and it was difficult to go and leave them for um, 10 days, two weeks uh, over the summer holidays. Um, and so I didn't go. Um, both of my children now at university. So there was no reason not to go. Uh, and I mentioned to, to Penny, well, she was uh, pretty much at the end of, end of the run of, of uh, um, appeals for people to go. Um, that I might be interested, and the next thing I know, I've got a, I've got an email from Julie with a with a form in it, and I, oh, that was that was quick. Um, so uh, anyway, I, I've filled it all in. The rest, the rest is history. But I, I did also get that that feeling on the plane. You know, how how did I get here? When did I make a conscious decision that I was actually going to do this? Um, but for me, I think I. During lockdown in particular, when everything was so impersonal, was virtual, was on Zoom, I got a real sense that I, um, that I was distanced from God. Um, and that was hard to know how to rectify and it was hard to get back. And I went to Uganda looking for Jesus, looking, looking for that reconnection, looking for that... Um, reignition of my faith um and i found it there i found it there in in the people who were so welcoming who were so joyful um you know from everyone from ketra and the team um to meeting the bishop to the children on summer camp to our families everyone was so inspiring um and to visit uh, the church it was so inspiring and and I did meet Jesus there. And so the challenge for me now, having returned here, having gone back to school, I'm also a teacher. I have one day off when we flew back in and then we were back into term. So it has been a roller coaster ever since. So the challenge now is, is, is what do I do with that? What's the challenge that God's got for me now? What is the path that I'm going to take next that's going to make a difference here, where I am, in my church, in my life, in my city? 
what have I learned here and, and where does God want to take me next? So that how is how um, the experience has changed my life. Yeah, I'm not sure what more there is to add other than yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, I think I could honestly go on for hours and hours about um, my time out in Uganda this summer. It was my first time ever visiting. Um, the day after we came back, um, so I work here as the children's minister at Christchurch. Um, and so I came back in and I popped in to see Brian and I was like, I'll just go in and say hello. Three hours later, I kind of go, I probably should go home now. I need to go. Um and there's just, I think, in talking it through and through um, meeting with people who both have been and who haven't, um, just realizing the impact and how I think I didn't see how much God had changed me through this trip until I got back and spoke to people who knew me really well before I went. They're like, oh, something's changed or your heart has been changed through this. Um, and I think it took me a little while to to see the impact on myself. Um I just want to talk for a moment about how amazing I think the summer camp is for the children that um, went on it, children and young people. Um, some of them were the same age as me, which, yeah, was was a challenge in itself. Um, you know, summer camp is a really, really special place and such an amazing thing, an opportunity that Karis offers these, was it 240? 280 children and young people. Um I've shared this with some people at my church, um, but I kind of felt like a lot of the children arrive at camp, you know, life is is tough. It's not easy. Um, and I've used the kind of analogy of arriving with, with coats on and shields up, um, prepared to, you know, face whatever life throws at them um, with amazing faith and reliance on God and his goodness throughout everything, but with a real resilience of, okay, you know, straight face, let's get on with it. And I think over camp, um, I was with the 13 to 15 year old boys, um, which again, not the easiest age group. Um, and they definitely just did not trust me at first. They kind of were quite, um, I think probably skeptical, like why, why are you sat here with us? Um, and I really kind of prayerfully was thinking, is this the right group for me to kind of sit with? And actually as camp went on, um, I think we all just got to know each other and that's the the foundation of I think camp is we got to, I got to know them they got to know me they got to know each other we all got to know each other in a group and actually to build relationships and friendships that um through the, these children who are from all different areas actually to walk alongside each other for only five days um it felt like a lot longer and to see them slowly take their shields down and become children and to have five days where they knew they were in a really safe place they knew that they were um going to be loved on really well um was just really really special to see um and you know there's there's the hard part of at the end of camp when we say goodbye is actually you can see them kind of get prepared to go back home um and kind of shields go up a little bit um but to know that there were the five days where we could just really kind of grow in a relationship together to get to know each other um, was special. And also talking about like the time we're out there, I cannot believe that it was only 10 days. It felt like we were out there for much, much longer than that. Um, and I wish it was longer. And I will stop talking now because I will just go on forever. <laughs>
So how powerful it is to be involved in Caris ministry. We never tire of going across and spending time with the families, with Ketra and her team, because we are so blessed in it. We learn so much. You know, for people who wake up each morning and say, thank God that I'm, that I'm alive, you know, how, how many of us do that? That, that you know, you are walking with, with God every step of your, of your, of your day. Um, so this morning, I think it was mentioned a couple of times, we are offering people the opportunity next year uh, to go across to Kampala, to walk in the footsteps, to spend time in the various link uh, areas. We are not actually offering, I'm sorry, Zach, I'm not actually offering people to sleep in Clareway. Um, perhaps that's my, my um, perhaps I should, sorry, perhaps, God, I, I, I okay, I hand that over to you. <laughs> Um, but we want to give people, particularly um, church leaders and people in, in, in um, working in ministry, the opportunity to go and see for themselves because you have to see it for yourself. You have to smell the smells. You have to taste the tastes. You have to see the sights. But more importantly, you have to be open and broken and receive what God is doing there and receive from these wonderful people who are walking day by day. Because, as we've said, it's a kingdom. It's a family. No. It's a family. I'm always it's worried from that. Have I said the wrong thing? <laughs> no, no, no. It's I just wanted to say that um, uh, somebody was speaking to me the other day about revolution. <laughs> we actually experienced this, that for the majority of the pastors, the first one trip is not enough. No, absolutely. absolutely. Because they go there the first time yeah. and it's like, oh, why am I here? Mm. So that first time, mm. let them sleep in guest houses. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But hopefully... So we did stay in Saroma Christian High School and there was no water. And they did have it pretty basic, but yeah. <laughs> that's getting there, that's getting there, that's getting there. But to be honest, it's a none of us, we all love our safety, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. But the, the part of this encounter is to face our fears. Mm. You know? And our fears are the fears of the other, mm. are the fears of sickness and so on. So one other encouragement is to say that as we encourage people to come, we really want to say, Where is my sister who said she's saving for the next trip? Yeah. Amen. Because you go there the second time. Because yeah. the first time you're a visitor, yeah. you're a tourist. Yeah. The second time is like, wow, you can begin to yeah. build relationships. Yeah. Then the third time. After the third time, you're ready to encourage others yeah. and say, guys, come with me. Mm -hmm. So just one other thought. Maybe we should, and churches, I encourage you, don't use the word mission trip because you are deceiving them. What about call them encounter trips? We're just on an encounter trip. We're going to encounter the other. And, and even the pastor needs to be helped to see that. So I wanted to just assure you that, yes, 
there is a process you know uh the first time in a guest house yeah, okay. second time so now for you and uh Nick you're not going to sleep in a guest house no, i'm not. going to make sure where did you sleep well, we, well, we we stay at the um provost the bungalow uh uh-uh, no no next time you're going to stay in one of these because the bungalows of the provost is really a nice place okay it's really nice there's a nice bed for the couple so we're going to insist that next visit Uh, you and Nick lead by example and stay in one of these slum places. Of course, Will is going to do that because he's single. He's you see why the single people are better because these married people who are older they have we have issues. Thank you very much. <laughs> It comes from being a head teacher and worrying about health and safety. I think. <laughs> How about relation trips? Yeah, no, that's a pretty good name, right? <laughs> we could be signing up all sorts of. Um, people. <laughs> oh, actually, time to think of it. Ketra, do you remember we did have that single session, didn't we? Worked out the summer camp team. How, what percentage were single? Yeah, sixty-five percent of the summer camp team who were leading were were singles. And so when they were introducing themselves, they say, "Yes, I'm single." <laughs> so we had a single session. So there we go, relationship trips, right? Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna hold this this encounter opportunity to encounter life in Kampala, and I totally endorse what Zach's saying. You can't just go once; you have to go. We've been Nick and I've been going for over eleven years now, and each time the layers get come off, and and our relationships get deeper and deeper, and we can we're people are more open and more trusting. Um, the more times you go and and you engage at a much deeper level, but you have. In order to go twice, you have to go once. So we want to get people out there. We want to get to, to church leaders. We want to get people who um, who are in a position of, of ministry, but also anybody who who wants to know more, who wants to engage more, um, and they'll have the opportunity that the summer camp did to visit families, to spend time um, in their homes, to 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 visit visit the churches, to hear the stories, to come alongside people and spend time in their lives, um, and to receive. It's not about us going out there and giving; it's about receiving. So I'm looking across here, and I know majority of us have all been to Kampala, but you don't just go once. If you feel called to go again, or if you, I mean, once you've been, how did that feel when it came back? Hopefully some of these images will, will trigger memories. What did it do to you? What have you done about it? I'm challenging you to be advocates for Karis Kids. I'm challenging you to think of somebody who you uh, believe God is 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 wanting to be out in, in Kampala if uh, we've heard earlier this morning you know if, you, if you're not able to go yourself are you able to help fund somebody else go but spread the word we're obviously videoing this we want to get the message out there to as many people to f- wide and far that we are going to be holding this opportunity to as a conduit like Becky Becky knew she had to be in Uganda but she didn't know how God put her in contact with us so we're offering this opportunity for people to get out there and to see the work and to experience what God is doing. And so we get more people walking hand in hand for the gospel.